Hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me, Rob Burkhead. I am one of the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method. And together with our world-class coaching team, we've helped more than 6,000 women over 40 to fit back into their favorite clothes over the past decade. And for more information about what we do, go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode, I'm gonna reveal the best and worst snacks for menopause weight loss. So sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. So one thing we get asked a lot when helping women to lose weight around menopause is what are the best snacks and what are the worst snacks for weight loss around menopause? So it can be really difficult to know what's the best thing to do when it comes to snacking because there's so much conflicting advice out there. And for a lot of the women we work with, they're really good at sticking to healthy choices in their main meals but snacking can be their downfall, especially before we start working together. Whether that's crisps, whether it's chocolates, whether it's biscuits or cake, they find themselves drawn to these unhealthy foods, especially after a stressful day at work. And the problem with this is, if you choose the wrong snacks, it can quickly add up to hundreds, if not of thousands of extra calories per week, as well as tons more sugar and tons of other things that are gonna disrupt your progress around menopause. So if you're already in your 40s and 50s and dealing with these changing hormones due to the menopause, it can make it really difficult to see progress and it can make it much more difficult to lose the weight and much easier to gain the weight. And it can quickly lead to your weight spiraling out of control just from a few little snacks each week. And it can leave many women choosing clothes to cover up problem areas instead of wearing what they like. Hating shopping for clothes because nothing fits quite right, staring at the wardrobe full of amazing clothes that they can no longer wear and worrying that they'll never be able to get their weight back under control and fit back into those clothes again, which is never a nice situation for anyone, and I definitely don't want that for you. However, have good news. There is still a way to enjoy eating some snacks every day without it making any difference to your waistline, and actually, you'll be able to see progress and eat these snacks. And it just comes down to knowing which snacks to eat and which ones to avoid and why. So in today's podcast, I'm going to reveal the best and the worst snacks for menopause weight loss and those who are looking to lose weight and tone up. So before we get into the snacks themselves, I'm gonna give you tons of examples today. What does a healthy snack actually look like? So there's two key things that you need to kind of make sure you take into account when you're looking for any healthy food around menopause. So the first thing is to avoid what we call the WADS foods. So wheat, alcohol, dairy, and sugar. So W-A-D-S or WADS for short. Now there's a lot of reasons for this, but the kind of two main reasons are, firstly, that these foods are all generally fairly highly processed if they contain wheat, alcohol, dairy, or sugar, or they're fairly high in calories. And most of the time, they're both of those things. So they're high in calories, and calories measure the kind of energy content in food. It's not a perfect science. Your body doesn't digest food in exactly the same way as calories are measured. And we've talked about this before. So it's not the be-all and end-all. You need to understand more about nutrition than just calories. People who say it's just calories in versus calories out are oversimplifying it, especially around menopause but it's one thing to consider. But the other thing is a lot of these things can disrupt menopause symptoms, meaning you'll have worse cravings, you'll have more hot flushes, you won't be able to sleep as well. 
which can then increase cravings more. And it can create this kind of vicious cycle of feeling worse and worse and worse and then using these snacks as pick-me-ups because you're feeling so low. So we want to avoid the WADS foods. We eat alcohol, dairy, and sugar. And when it comes to sugar, one thing to bear in mind is the RDA for sugar. So that's like a recommended daily allowance. And this is 25 grams for women. And this is quite generic still. A lot of the advice that's given is generic. It's not specifically for women in their 40s or 50s around menopause where things change a lot. So generally, we need to be more careful with food choices around menopause. The body is going to be more sensitive to things like sugar, to things like processed foods, things like alcohol. So 25 grams is a very, you know, generous amount when it's around menopause. Really want to be having a bit less sugar than that if you want to keep your body in a state where it can lose weight and burn fat effectively and also to avoid making menopause symptoms worse. Now, wheat and dairy... They're also an interesting one. It's a, they're both foods a lot of people have intolerances to. So, for example, whilst myself and Ben, um, co-founder of Trinity with me, are not women around menopause, I have an intolerance to dairy and Ben has an intolerance to wheat. And we find lots of clients have these intolerances and don't realize they have them and they can develop around menopause as well. And if you do have a bit of an intolerance to a food, it can then mean the body is really not in a good state when you're eating that food to burn fat effectively. So it can trigger cortisol, the main stress hormone. And if you've already got a lot of stressful things going on, you know, you're progressing in your career, you've got family stress, maybe you're part of the sandwich generation, so caring off, looking after aging parents and children, even if they're mostly grown up, it's all quite stressful on top of a, a you know, a high pressure career, a never ending email inbox um, that you just never can get down to zero. Um, back-to-back meetings all day, reporting to directors or being, you know, at the top of the, and everything rises, rises to the top that you have to deal with, that's all very stressful. So if you then already then add in a load of food, which your body cannot actually deal with very effectively and, and has intolerances to, you can then kind of push the body over the edge. And if you do that, which it's much more sensitive to as you get older, and this increase in sensitivity to stress is three times more, or the stress response is three times more for women than for men, you will then trigger what we call the weight gain triangle. Leptin resistance, insulin resistance, and thyroid deregulation. To, to give you kind of the real brief breakdown of what that means, it's going to increase cravings as leptin is a, a satiety and hunger hormone. It's going to slow down your metabolism because your thyroid controls your metabolism and it's going to increase the likelihood of storing fat because leptin is a storage hormone, especially around the middle area. So that middle age spread. So not what we want. So if you're eating wheat and dairy and you have intolerances, then you're more likely to store fat. And then lastly, alcohol. Alcohol is very high in calories naturally. If you look at the calorie, um, so like the energy in different types of food, a lot of people are scared of carbs these days. Maybe it used to be fat. Now it's carbs. So carbs actually contain four calories per gram. That's kind of like the energy density of that food. Alcohol contains seven calories per gram, so almost twice as much energy per gram of alcohol, twice as many calories per gram of alcohol than carbs, which a lot of people are scared of. So there's way more, even though it's liquid and doesn't necessarily look like it's that high in calories, it's very high in calories. And because of the way the body has to digest and process alcohol, this is why it's not simply about calories in versus calories out. When alcohol is being processed by the liver, the liver is also what will process body fat. It will burn fat effectively, if you want to put it in simple terms. So it can't do both at once. So when you have alcohol in your system, you can't burn body fat. So this is why we want to be really, really careful about alcohol consumption. 
So what we want to do is avoid these wads foods 80% of the time. None of these should be a staple that you're consuming every single day. So like an example, wheat, bread every single morning or alcohol, a, a, a glass of wine every night. Around menopause, that's not going to work. It's actually going to make things much, much more difficult to see progress or having a biscuit, you know, biscuits every day as snacks. All of those things are going to cause problems. So we'll come on to, to why in a little bit more detail and also what you could have instead in a little bit. But there's one other consideration. So the first thing with food, we want to avoid those WADS foods. 80% of the time, they shouldn't be a staple. And actually what we find works best for um, our private coaching clients is to cut them out entirely for one to two weeks and then reintroduce them um, in a small amount just to see if you have any of those intolerances. And we'll figure those out with, with each of our clients as we work with everyone one-to-one. -one. And it's unique to them. Some people will say, I realize dairy is actually making me really tired and making my skin break out. Or I realize when I eat wheat, I have this massive, uh, wheat, I have this massive energy slump. Um, or I just feel really groggy and bloated. So, you know, some people have that. Some people are fine with both, uh, but we still want to avoid them being staples for all the other reasons, the high calories or the high sugar or the high, cal uh, the, the high sugar content as well. Now, the other thing we want to consider with nutrition, just before we get into the best and worst snacks, is the key three. So this is calories, protein, and fiber. Now, we've already talked about calories a little bit, so I'm not going to go into that in too much detail. We just don't want there to be too many calories. It's not the be-all and end-all. We do want to have enough. A lot of people are under-eating that we work with and actually increasing that puts the body in a state where it's not overstressed because if you starve your body, you'll actually overstress it and trigger that weight gain triangle I talked about before. So you need to eat the right amount. It's a sweet spot. It's not too much, not too little, but quite a lot of uh, snacks are really quite high in calories and all those calories can add up and then actually mean you're just taking in too many for the body to be able to deal with and then it has to store the excess as fat. If you're not burning, if you're sitting at a desk all day, you're kind of sedentary, it's quite easy to consume too many calories from snacks. And then the other thing we want, so protein and fiber, we want more of these. Most people are not having enough of either of these. The reason we want more of these, not only are they really good for things like gut microbiome and gut health, which will then reduce your cravings, but also they keep you fuller for longer. So both of these, um, for different reasons, keep you fuller for longer. So fiber slows down digestion. It then means your blood sugar levels are managed more carefully, which means you'll have less cravings. And it will also mean you'll be fuller for way longer after eating also helps with um, with general um, passing of stools more easily so that you don't get backed up and you don't get all bloated and that's really not good for your health either you want to be regular and then protein helps keep you fuller for longer um, for a couple of different reasons again it digests very slowly because it's very hard for the body to break down and it also triggers the release of something called peptide yy which is uh, a chemical which will then tell your brain you're full. And most people are eating about half as much protein and fiber as they need to be eating. Um, when we work with women around menopause, that's what we typically find. And you can imagine these a bit like putting a big log on a fire. If you put a big log on a fire, it will burn and release energy for hours afterwards. Whereas if you just eat a load of processed food and a load of sugary food and a load of carbs, these burn very quickly. It's like pouring, you know, pouring petrol on the fire or putting a piece of paper on the fire. It burns very quickly and then it's gone and then it needs more to keep going. And that's what the body's like if you just eat food without enough protein and fiber. So we want to consider all of those today when we're talking about the best snacks and the worst snacks. Now, I'm going to start with the worst snacks and then we'll go into what the best snacks are. So this is not an exhaustive list. There are more snacks that are not going to be particularly healthy. Um, some of them are going to be quite obvious. Some of them are maybe a bit less obvious. Now, this is not us being the police. It's not saying, you know, never have these things. 
but you definitely don't want to be having these things every single day or or even you know multiple days in a row in the week because it's going to stop you being able to see good progress so the first one let's go really obvious chocolate chocolate especially like mass-produced chocolate um milk chocolate very high in calories very high in sugar as well so if we imagine like a sharing bag with something like maltesers it's about 500 calories 474 calories so the issue with that is it's not just the calorie content it's the quality of the calories there's no fiber there's no protein and there's loads of sugar and it's the equivalent a lot of people would struggle to eat two large jacket potatoes with no butter just plain and that's the same like very large ones of eating that small sharing bag of maltesers or revels or minstrels those jacket potatoes will probably fill you up for six eight hours if you ate two really big ones those minstrels maltesers probably fill you up for five minutes if that because the lack of fiber the lack of nutritional content in them so we really don't want to be doing that we really want to avoid having chocolate regularly especially milk chocolate it should be like a treat and a treat means something you're having rarely that's special that's the kind of definition of treat if you're having it multiple nights a week or every night that's not a treat that's a bad habit and we need to change that around menopause because it will also make hot flushes way worse having more sugar that's a huge amount of sugar in one, one go um, it will make it hard to sleep it will give you a big spike in energy and then a big crash as well so it actually make you tireder not have more energy as people think they'll get from these kind of sugary pick-me-ups they're actually making you tighter and they're starting what we call the blood sugar roller coaster so they'll start a big spike of energy and then a big crash and then you'll need more and then all day you're yo-yoing up and down in energy craving more and more sweet stuff to pick you up because the first sweet thing set you up to feel rubbish the next thing crisps now i'm not poo i love crisps i'm not going to poo-poo crisps my wife eats a bag of crisps every single day but what we want to be careful of is especially the crisps that are very higher high in calories that are kind of fattier crisps so things like kettle chips a lot a lot of the time it's the ones that look fancier the manamosa ones from like waitrose mns they look really really um high quality they've got great branding but actually they're 150 160 calories for a small pack which is not the end of the world it's a, it's a lot better than the chocolate we just talked about a lot better about biscuits and things like that as well but if you end up eating a family bag you can then end up eating eight or 900 calories, which is for most of our clients, more than half their daily intake. And there's again, no fiber, no protein, and it's not gonna fill you up at all. So what I would be careful of with crisps is those kind of sharing bags. What my wife does, which seems to work really well for her, is just buy small bags of the lower calorie ones. So I don't like these, but things like Quavers, things like Watsits, um, a lot of them have the calorie content on them. Something like 70, 80 calories per bag of crisps, rather than that 150 160 still going to make a difference if you can not have them all together that's going to be even better but if you really want something like that try and pick a lower calorie one and pick a small bag because when the bag is done you're much less likely to keep going when it's the big sharing bag it's very easy to keep eating i'm terrible for this too if i'm hungry i don't tend to buy them for this reason because i'll just keep eating and eating and i'll think oh i've just had a few and then i'll look in it and go oh, it's nearly the bottom of the bag so avoid those big sharing bags of crisps definitely next one cake again really high in calories if you imagine the ingredients of of cake um typically it's a load of butter which is pure fat pretty much which is pure calories little bit of butter every now and again completely fine for unless you've got really bad dairy intolerance but the amount that goes into cake it always shocks me when you make it like a whole block of butter it's like 1, 1500 calories of butter going in um, the other big ingredient is sugar 
and again highly refined highly processed it's going to really spike your um, blood sugar and cause that roller coaster we talked about before and really disrupt your hormones around menopause as well so you're going to feel much worse you're going to have hot flushes you're going to have more aches and pains and a lot of cake from the shops actually contains emulsifiers it's it's something that then helps to um, mix the kind of fat in with everything and make it last longer but they're actually a trans fat in disguise trans fat is something that's banned in food but it's another way of them getting a similar thing in which is very bad for your health much more likely to get heart disease much more likely to um, suffer with a load of inflammatory conditions diabetes um, cancer as well all of these you know it's not it's not um, something they fully understand because it's a new thing they've been putting into food recently to, to again make it more palatable must crave it more us want it more um, if you made the cake yourself it shouldn't have that in so it's going to be a bit better but it's still going to be very high in calories so you want to have a very small slice if you were to eat you know even a quarter of a tiny tesco finest chocolate cake it's about um four or five hundred calories but it's also almost all sugar same with like an MS cake waitrose cake all of those just because they're from a fancier brand they're still full of basically rubbish that's not going to be good for you it's going to make you feel really crap another snack I, I know a lot of people end up having and i will end up having too if it's on the side at home is toast so if we we don't tend to buy bread in the week for this reason because again it's it's a highly processed food it's based on wheat and wheat has a lot of processing that goes into it so the bread looks nothing like how you know you don't get bread um planted underground and it and it grows like a potato and then you pull it out and you eat it basically in its whole form that toast has come from wheat which comes you know which is then turned into flour which looks nothing like wheat which goes from this really kind of you know tough grain into this very fine powder and whenever you do that with food it makes it really easy for the body to digest you get all of the calories from that food which you don't from food which is um in its sort of more natural form so like a a chicken breast that's 100 calories you, you use about 30 calories digesting it so you only actually take in 70. wheat flour highly processed things that are turned into that fine powder sugar as well you're getting all of the calories from that because it's been turned into a form which your body will just digest really quickly and easily it will digest really early in the gut as well so you won't feed your good gut bacteria and that's responsible for mood um, for cravings as well and the gut bacteria which, which tends to be later in the gut doesn't get fed because you're eating all this processed food and therefore it dies out and then you get only bad gut bacteria which will make you feel moody it'll make you crave worse things it'll make it harder to lose weight so we really want to avoid eating these processed things and toast is just another example now granary toast is a bit better yes it's going to have more you know or, or like a seeded loaf more fiber but it's still very high in calories and that what that means is you're very likely to overeat it and you'll also be hungry again because it's all carbs and are very high in calories so let's say a, a, a thick granary slice without any toppings 110 calories if you then add butter or margarine it's about 200 per slice and most of the time we're not eating just one slice and it's got no no protein maybe some fiber if it's brown or granary but still still no protein which is really really key around menopause pardon me so two slices with butter and jam and marmalades about 500 calories which again is over two large jacket potatoes and those would fill you up for six eight hours this is going to fill you up for an hour or two so it's all about eating things that are going to fill you up for longer and avoid triggering those menopause symptoms and again toast is not really going to work very well here because it's it's a really unbalanced meal it's all carbs especially if you add jam or marmalade to it peanut butter maybe a small amount of protein but it's also extremely high in calories so you're probably going to have six seven hundred calories then and that's 
half your day's food gone in that snack. So again, toast, not a good snack. Keep it for special occasions. I love bread. I love a sourdough loaf, but I will keep that for a special occasion at the weekend. I'll eat it with eggs or avocado or something that's going to make it um, a much more complete meal where I'm adding more fiber, more nutrients to it and more protein to it as well. Biscuits. Biscuits, another snack. These are actually like my pet peeve when it comes to snacks. So there's a whole range of biscuits. And when you look at the ingredients list, they're full of things like the emulsifiers we talked about, full of sugar, full of butter, or if even worse, if they don't have butter in, they'll use um, some sort of vegetable fat, vegetable oil that's turned into a butter equivalent. And the process um, hydrogenation that does that is really, really bad for long-term health as well, being linked to heart disease, all those inflammatory decisions, the conditions we talked about before, cancer, diabetes, um, flare-ups of, you know, if you struggle with fibromyalgia, if you struggle with um, arthritis as well, rheumatoid arthritis, all of these things are more likely to be triggered by all of these heavily processed foods and biscuits are full of all of the worst stuff. So, for example, even if we look at a really fancy fancy branded biscuit, so like an M&S pistachio and almond cookie, sounds kind of semi-healthy because it's got that pistachio and almond in, they're 133 calories each. That is a lot. If you eat two of them, let's say you just eat two, one with a cup of tea here and then another one later, it's 266 calories total, which is the equivalent of like half a meal. And they won't fill you up at all. Again, pretty low in fiber and protein, but um, very high in calories as well. And then uh, that's a really, like that's a higher quality biscuit. The lower quality ones will be lower in fiber, lower in protein, higher in sugar as well, and be way more likely to, to lead to eating more and more and more of them as well. I've spoken to so many clients who say, throughout the day of being really bored or stressed at work they've eaten a whole pack of biscuits and that's 1500 calories a lot of the time for a whole pack of biscuits which is their entire day's kind of energy intake and because it's all sugar it will all get converted to fat if you're you're not burning it's you're not active Uh, if you're sedentary at a desk all day if that was 1500 calories of protein it probably wouldn't all get turned to fat a lot of it would be actually um used to maintain muscle and, and used in digestion. Whereas if it's all sugar and, and, and wheat, you know, we talked about the Wads foods earlier, like they would be in biscuits, it's really not gonna work well. Another one that's kind of similar is pastries. So whether it's a croissant, whether it's a hot cross bun, if we look at a hot cross bun, like an M&S hot cross bun as an example, 19.3 grams of sugar in a hot cross bun. And the woman's RDA we talked about before and the generic RDA, not one that's specific to women around menopause who can't really get away with as much, 25 grams. There's 19.3 grams of sugar in one M&S hot cross bun with no butter, no nothing added to it. And it's very easy to eat a couple. I remember when I was growing up, my parents would have these in the house and I would just grab one, eat it cold, not even toast it. And then maybe I'll have one later. And that's not only is it about 500 calories if you eat a couple of those, but also it's going to be double the sugar intake that you should really be eating each day. Which is going to make you, again, your symptoms all over the place. Your energy levels are going to be dreadful um, and it could even cause a load of other um, flare-ups and things as well. So something you want to avoid is pastries, again, as a regular thing. A special occasion, fine. Maybe once uh, every couple of weeks or something. But if you're having them regularly around menopause, you are going to really struggle to see progress. And then the last one I picked, this is actually a drink, but I see it as more of a snack. So a latte, any kind of latte is so... It's basically milk with a little... It's not a coffee. It's milk with a little bit of coffee added. It's basically a dessert. And if we look at some of the flavored ones, these are the ones I really put into like the snack category. And this is before you add like a piece of cake to it, which is just like a disaster of a meal. Um, 
and uh, you know if you're having that i'm not trying to judge you you probably didn't know any better i see you know every week tons of people doing this in in coffee shops around where i live but it's a recipe for gaining fat especially around menopause so an example like a, a medium is not a huge skinny toffee nut latte could be a gingerbread latte these are all pretty much the same all those like flavored lattes uh, with skimmed milk so we're going healthy supposedly is 260 calories so that's already about half of a very filling meal but what's more important is it contains 32 grams of sugar so this is 30 percent more than a, a dairy milk a small dairy milk bar or a crunchy bar not the smallest one like the medium size one or like a crunchy bar if you know like that standard mars bar crunchy bar like size bar this latte has 30 percent more sugar than those bars and those are obviously really quite unhealthy so this latte is even worse and when the body gets flooded with sugar again if you're not really active if you're not rushing around 10 miles um it doesn't it can't process all that sugar at once it's a massive spike in sugar it's not just as simple as calories in versus calories out what will happen is it gets overwhelmed by that sugar and it has to immediately store some of that as fat because it can't process out the rest of it and can't use the rest of it because um it ha- that you know you haven't got that demand on the body and if you have more muscle if you're doing more exercise you can get away with having a little bit more maybe not this much sugar but if you're fairly sedentary sat at a desk most of the day and maybe only exercising a few days a week or less you definitely can't process that much sugar and it's going to get stored as body fat so none of these things i've talked about are going to be healthy or good for you around menopause they're packed full of calories packed full of sugar packed full of processed ingredients which will make it really hard to lose weight around menopause. However, there are much better options out there that can still hit the spot. My aim and our aim is always to still make your diet interesting and varied and and enjoyable, but also to see great progress. So in terms of weight loss, in terms of getting leaner, in terms of getting fitter and feeling great as well, fitting back into your favorite clothes, you can do all of that whilst eating the snacks I'm going to talk about now. So... I'm going to start with a really, really obvious one, but it's one people are kind of worried about. So we've talked about sugar a lot today. A lot of people are worried because fruit contains sugar and they're correct. It does contain some fructose, fruit form of sugar. Um, But that sugar is packed with a lot of naturally occurring fiber, which means it works totally differently to all the things I've just described above. So what tends to happen is if it's packaged with the right amount of fiber is it doesn't spike blood sugar in the same way. It doesn't spike insulin, that storage hormone we talked about before. And therefore, it's going to digest much more slowly. It's going to go take longer to get through the gut. It's going to feed that good, 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 good gut bacteria. Sorry, And when that good gut bacteria eats that food as well, it doesn't have to go into your body. So by giving it enough time to go through to the better part of the gut, where there's the good gut bacteria, when you eat something unprocessed, it's way more likely to end up um, being eaten by the gut bacteria, not by you. So it'll keep you full. It will satiate the gut bacteria, which are bigger than your brain in terms of weight. So it's a huge part of your body. And the stuff that does go in, it's all good. It's full of nutrients and, and, and things as well. So some fruit is higher in sugar than other, and you can overdo it if you go really crazy. But I've almost come across no one who's not seeing progress from eating too much fruit. It's almost always too much of the other stuff we talked about. But if you do want to know the best fruit, the best fruit is going to be berries. So berries are mostly water and mostly fiber. So water is obviously good for you, low in calories. And fiber, which will digest really, really slowly and fill you up and help, you know, with with healthy bowel movements every single day as well. So berries, strawberries, raspberries, 
blueberries, black currants, whatever your favorite berries are, you can have lots of those. And I always tend to have those stocked up in the fridge. You can snack on raspberries if you're hungry. You can eat an entire punnet of strawberries, raspberries, blueberries as a snack, and it'll be much better than a lot of other things. What else have we got? Reduced fat hummus. This is one I quite like. So hummus contains some protein, which is great. Um, obviously, if you made it yourself, it would be the best because it has no other like some nasties in it. But a lot of us don't have time for that. So a lot of the time, food and nutrition, it's not black or white, good or bad. It's like a continuum. It's a sliding scale. And we need to pick somewhere on the sliding scale that's better, not perfect. So a reduced fat hummus from the supermarket will help keep the calories down a little bit. Because if there is a lot of fat in it, it will be probably a bit too calorific for most people. Having that with crudite is the fancy word, but like carrots, cucumber, celery, those are all going to be full of vitamins and minerals, quite high in water as well. So not too high in in, um, calories. That'll keep you really full. They have a good crunch to them and you'll get that protein from the hummus that'll keep you fuller for longer as well. And the fiber from the veg, which will keep you fuller. So that's a really good choice as a snack. Um, if you want something a little bit more like crisps, you could go for some savory snacker jacks. Again, they are more processed, so it's not something I'd try and have every day. But if you can get one small packet of those, that will still be about half the calories of like kettle chips and may hit the spot for you. Something I'd prefer though is like rice cakes or oat cakes with a small amount of peanut butter. So it doesn't need to be a small amount. You need to be careful because peanut butter is very calorie dense. Um, Actually, at the moment, I'm not even having the rice cake. I'm just having it with like a piece of apple, like a Granny Smith, my favorite apple. So I chop that up and then a little bit of peanut butter on each slice. That's a really, really good filling snack. And I'm full for ages after that. Nuts, they're a really good snack. Now, they are quite high in calories. Avoid the ones that are coated and stuff. Those are, you know, the um, the sugary coatings. I can't remember the name, like honey roast nuts and things like that. That's kind of then turning them into an unhealthy snack full of sugar. But salted nuts, if you want a bit of flavor, that's okay. Uh, especially if you're exercising, you can get away with a bit more salt. Just be careful because if, if there's too many of them, then, you know, I had a colleague who used to take a lift home from our office with his um, with his auntie, and she used to eat an entire bag of fruit and nuts on the drive home from the office. And the problem with that was it was about 900 calories. So you do need to be careful because nuts are quite calorie dense. But a lot of the time, because they're so high in fiber, they are actually feeding that good gut uh, microbiome. Again, we've talked about before, the good gut bacteria. And then um, not all of those calories are being absorbed. So you might eat 150 calories of almonds, but you only actually absorb 100, 120 calories of those. I like to weigh them out. So I put them in like a little ramekin, you know, like those goo pudding um, jars. And then that makes sure you're not having too many. Go for 20 to 30 grams if you're weighing it. Olives, another good snack. Again, be careful because some are like full of cheese and other things as well, um, which is a medium snack, I would say, but quite high in calories. But a few olives, like 10 olives, really good and good in healthy fats as well. Um, just like extra virgin olive oil. So like a really unprocessed olive oil. It's got a lot of healthy fats um, that are good for heart health uh, and many other things. Dry roasted edamame beans. These are really great if you're vegetarian and you need more protein. So a lot of people are not getting enough protein in their diet like we talked about earlier. Um, You can look these up. A lot of supermarkets will now sell these. They're a bit like nuts, but they're double the protein. A lot of nuts are advertised as high in protein. It's not really true. They're probably medium protein at best and quite high in calories for the protein. Whereas dry roasted edamame beans, half the calories of nuts and double the protein of nuts. So these are really good snack, especially they have a good crunch to them. 
especially if you're vegetarian. Um, and sometimes on the go, I'll get like a, a little nut mix, which has these in. Um, I think Grace does a little nut mix, which has dry roasted edamame beans in. A couple of other good things. Now, a lot of our clients don't like this, but beef jerky or biltong. So it's, it's dried beef steak, essentially. And this is very high in protein. So I do apologize about the dog barking, all part of a recording from home and people delivering things all throughout the day. But look, beef jerky or biltong is very high in protein and not very high in calories. So that'll keep you really, really full. It's a really great snack, especially if you're exercising. It'll help you to recover, uh, but it will help keep you full for hours after as well. May not be for you, but it is a good one. Dry roasted edamame beans, if you don't want that meat, are a good alternative. Or you could go for something like some dark chocolate. So 85% or more is really what you want to go for because otherwise the sugar content is quite high. 70% is really not very dark. It's, it's, it's like somewhere in between and uh, doesn't have enough of the goodness to be worth having uh, in my experience. But 85% or 90%, I really like the green and blacks, 85% or the lint. Um, that stuff is quite nice. I have it with like a decaf black coffee. I try and avoid too much caffeine. That's another topic for another day. Um, but if you have that, just stick to one to two squares because it is quite a lot of fat, which can mean it's quite a lot of calories, but it should hit the spot and not be as moorish as milk chocolate. So in the evening, you might want a hot drink, a tea or a, a like a black coffee I just talked about and have that with some dark chocolate, just one to two squares of it. And that will hopefully hit the spot and kind of give you, give that sweet craving something to kind of feed on and then go away. Now, if you want a really decadent tree, here's a few things you can kind of have that are a lot healthier than the other options we talked about today, but you do want to save these for kind of rarer occasions because they are a little bit higher in sugar or calories potentially, um, but you can have them you know, a couple of times a week and they shouldn't really be a big issue. So one of my favorites is there's a brand called Coconut Collaborative and they do a salted caramel chocolate pot. They have other ones which I don't really like, but these are really good. They're really rich, really chocolatey. They're a small pot. They're like the size of a bit bigger than a thimble, but they're fairly small and they're about 120 calories, but they're so rich and delicious. They completely hit the spot and they're two, three times less calories than a lot of the alternatives from things like goo. And they've got a lot less processed stuff in. They're made with coconut um, as well. So that's a great one to go for. Some people like these Hartley's 10 calorie jellies. So you can get these in a pot. They're only 10 calories. Yes, there's a few sweeteners and things in there. So again, I wouldn't have them every single day. But if you're having them on the odd occasion to hit that sweet craving, it's going to be miles better than like a tub of ice cream or a chocolate bar or the other things we talked about today. So they're actually pretty filling and they're very low in calories. And then the last one, which is probably a bit better in summer, but I'll sometimes buy these are things like Halo Top or Jude's or Breyers. They do these low calorie ice creams and they are 300 to 400 calories in a tub whereas a normal tub of ice cream is a thousand to 1500 calories like hagen does or ben and jerry's or uh, or cart door and things like that so you can get things like chocolate protein brownie um you can get things like um salted caramel all those classic flavors and for just a couple of scoops it's about 100 150 calories whereas it's about 400 calories for a normal serving of ice cream so way less, way less sugar as well. Again, it's not something I would recommend having all the time, but it's always about picking a better choice if you're going to have something anyway when it comes to snacking rather than having to have the perfect thing all the time. Because a lot of the time when people shoot for perfection, if they can't feel like they can achieve it, they feel like they're failing and then they go for nothing and they go all out on the unhealthy snacks. 
So I hope that helps with some better snack ideas. Those will help to keep menopause symptoms at bay and keep your body in a state where you can process fat so you can lose weight, get leaner, stronger, healthier, and hopefully fit back into those favorite clothes and feel amazing. And a great example of someone who did just that is one of our clients, Leslie. So she's from Ayrshire and she's a police officer in her 40s and she was also working really long shifts. So really, really kind of tough, um, busy lifestyle. Most of the people we work with work in pretty high pressure jobs, whether they're CEOs, whether they're um, whether they're managing a team, they're usually, you know, got a lot of stress from work on top of trying to eat well and on top of going through menopause. So there's a lot of things to work around. So here's what Leslie said. She said, I joined Trinity as my current role at work is sedentary and my weight is creeping up. So she's in their management role. And I'm going to Australia in October and I wanted to feel comfortable on the flights and also be able to wear what I want without feeling I had to cover up. I wish I had started sooner. I did the body coach, which didn't work for me due to the massive portion sizes and restrictive foods. And this had put me off joining Trinity as I didn't want to go through that again. However, this program was so flexible and it could fit around my life as a shift worker. And it's the best decision I ever made. Since joining Trinity, I've lost 18 pounds and 15.75 inches off my body. I'm more confident and comfortable in my clothes. My diet is healthier with less convenience foods. And my husband did the work alongside me. So he's lost weight and is looking good too. It's meant I've been able to get control of my diet and fitness again. I like having a plan to follow and this one fitted my lifestyle and it's achievable because there's no restrictions to what you can eat, but it makes me accountable. I would highly recommend this plan. You're responsible for the results you achieve. And if you put in the results, you'll get, uh, if you put in the work, you'll get the results. I achieved my goal, even though I wasn't perfect. And I was really stressed during the final few weeks due to work and home issues, but it kept me consistent and consistency was the key for me. So Leslie lost 18 pounds, about a stone and a half and 16 inches off her body. So that's a huge change in size. And she's back in her favorite clothes again and, uh, and feeling good, even though it wasn't perfect. So it just goes to show you don't need to be perfect to get to start, it's never going to be perfect, but you can still see some amazing changes, even with a busy work life and even around menopause as well. So if you wanna find out more info about our Fit Over 40 and our private coaching, which Leslie and hundreds of other women have followed to see incredible results in their 40s and 50s around menopause, just head over to www.fit40info.com. So that just about wraps up for today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope you enjoyed it and we'll catch you next week for another episode. We will see you then. So thank you for listening to today's episode of the Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening and we'll catch you next week for the next episode of the Trinity Podcast.